Oh my goodness, what a mess we're in. Feeling very Banana Republic-like, shall I say, as we see new evidence that we have a rather rabid court system going after the former president of the United States. Wait until you see what the judge is ordering now. I I really don't think there's any other way to describe it other than Venezuela-esque. Meanwhile, Biden can't seem to make up his mind. Does he want a wall? Does he not want a wall? Apparently, he's getting a wall either way. Yeah, the Biden administration Building a border wall like this is going to go over well with the constituency. Hmm. Um, maybe it's because he's asleep. Is it literally, literally like asleep? I've got new footage to show you of the president today kind of seeming like, well, I don't know. You take a look at it. You tell me he looks like he's asleep pretty much. Anyway, uh, you know, we know that uh, there's a lot going on in Washington, D.C. I, I, I see this as a new opportunity right now for us to get a new speaker that actually cares about things like debt and deficits. Imagine that as we look at our enormous responsibilities that we have as a nation, $33 trillion in debt and still counting. Well, Donald Trump is going to take a little field trip down to Capitol Hill next week. That should be interesting amid all of these calls. Maybe he should do it. Steve Bannon saying, hey, just 100 days of Trump, he'll be able to clear everything up. We'll talk about the possibility of whether or not he's running. And, well, we know that Biden has a tendency to lie, shall we say, yeah, just, just a few times to us. Um, things are, are untruths. Let, let's be more kind about it, including on, for example, Ukraine funding, etc. I'm going to show you some examples. But did you know he also was willing to lie about his dog? Yeah, he was. I've got the proof. C- commander, commander. The commander is is no longer in the White House. This German Shepherd dog because of well, um, some problems that they've had. I will explain. Welcome to the program, everyone. Really, really, really good to have you here. As we look at mortgage rates at seven point four nine percent highest level in twenty three years. I want to remind you that as we struggle with inflation, as we approach higher rates to try and deal with that inflation, you might want to consider some diversification tools in your portfolio. And if you're looking at gold, if you're looking at silver, I want you to call my friends over at LegacyPMInvestments.com. First sponsor on this show. They've just been terrific. I know you've gotten the chance in some cases to talk with Charles yourself. He's been on the program. one 589 That is their number. one 589 Okay, let's talk about what the judge is doing right now. There's this $250 million penalty that they're trying to put on him in this civil case. He didn't get a jury, which is kind of weird, right? And it's a very politically motivated case. I say this because, well, they're going back and they're looking at back records, which, by the way, are beyond the statute of limitations. And Letitia James, the rather notorious, rather rabid attorney general there that campaigned on getting Trump is going through and saying, okay, well, because we think the property was worth this and you said it was worth this in order to get a loan from these various banks, well, we think that this is fraud and this is what the judge, of course, is now deciding. Oh, it's fraud. But how is it fraud? Ladies and gentlemen, if I think my house is worth one thing and you think it's worth that as well and you're willing to lend me money and I pay you back your money, how can the government come in after the fact especially after the statute of limitations and say, no, actually, Trish, you were fraudulent 
in putting down that valuation on your house. I mean, this is really, really weird stuff. And what takes it to a new level today is this. Okay, so the judge is now ordering that basically Donald Trump and the rest of his family, that would be Junior, it would be Eric, it would be actually the accountant, a few other people around him as well, not do anything move any money. They, they're saying here, take a look at this, that any application for a new business certificate, including but not limited to doing business as or assumed name certificates in any jurisdiction. So in other words, he cannot apply to do any new business anywhere. I mean, again, what is this? Venezuela? Is this Hugo Chavez or something going after and like taking assets or shutting things down? The creation of a new entity to hold or acquire the assets not allowed any anticipated transfer of assets or liability to any other entity. In other words, if he wants to move so much as one penny, he's got to somehow go and get court approval. Any anticipated distribution from a Section 130 entity, well, Section 130 is this you know thing that's related to what they're going after here. I got to tell you, like, this is really, really wild. And so Donald Trump, he knows it's wild. He's gotten really angry about it. I'm going to share with you his comments as well as what he said on social media today. Thank you, by the way. I see so many of you tuning in. We're going to get to your comments, too, near the end of the show. But here is here is his son, Eric Trump, appearing on Newsmax, like pointing out the wild insanity and craziness of this at this moment. I know that we keep saying it's all nuts, but this one, trust me, trust me. I know enough about business news. I know enough about uh, how valuations are made to know that this is really pushing the limits here. Listen to Eric Trump. Listen, Carl, New York's a corrupt state. Everybody knows that at this point, right? You have a corrupt attorney general who literally ran on the campaign promise of taking down my father. She goes, I'm going to go after Donald. I'm going to take down his family. I'm going to go after his children. I'm going to get her exact quote. I'm going to get to the office of attorney general every day. I'm going to sue Donald Trump, and then I'm going to go home. I mean, she fundraised off of this nonsense. Like, this was her entire platform going after Donald, right after my father. Then obviously she gets into office and she does exactly that. And you've got a crooked court and everything else. But actually, I think we're making a breakthrough with the judge. I think they're starting to realize there are no victims. First of all, my father's statements are undervalued, not overvalued. Second of all, she's going after banks. She's trying to protect banks that made hundreds of millions of dollars with Trump, meaning there were no aggrieved party. There were no defaults. There were no well, you guys made loan money. covenants. You guys made money. Well, that's, we, that's why we she would borrow. You. We'd borrow money. Yeah. You know, go do a great project. You know. Be very successful. Jobs and homes. Pay a tremendous amount of interest and then pay the banks back in full. Like we never had so much as a default. No one. So what we're saying, they're saying, is there a victim in this? I mean, you're suing us and there's no victim. But but Carla, it's nonsense. The DOJ has told Letitia James to make my father's life hell, to keep him tied up in a courtroom, to cost him tens and tens of millions of dollars to distract him. Right. And you know what? He walks in there, and the amount of press there was incredible. And the entire country understands what's happening to my father, not just by Jack Smith, but by Letitia, by, by all the cronies, by the people in Washington, D.C., by the people in Georgia. They have weaponized the legal system to go after Donald Trump. It didn't work when he was in the White House because you have executive ban- branch protections. Right. As soon as he gets off, out of the White House, you go after him civilly. You go after him criminally. You take him down. You distract him. You try and weaken him. And honestly, it's a law of unintended consequences. I think they're just actually making him stronger. Uh, well, the polls. Ref- yeah, well, they, they are actually. The polls do reflect that, as Carl goes on to say. I mean, you've seen that over and over again. But what's just incredible here is how willing they are to just bend the rules, bend the rules. And then you say to yourself, well, what kind of justice system do we have? Because you know what? If they can do it to him, can they do it to me? I was trying to find here. He was out on social media earlier today, and he basically said, 
um, effectively kind of help. I mean, this is nuts, right? We need to get an appellate court in here. And they do. This needs to be appealed. It needs to go straight to the appellate court. But he's like, can we speed walk this thing? Because it is crazy. And Eric's point on Letitia, absolutely true. I mean, here she is. I've played this for some of you before. I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference. Or I'm just one person. I say one. I say one name. Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Stop your ass and vote. Will you? Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue. Him. Oh, I know it's a little hard to hear, but she says, "Oh, we're definitely going to sue." Make sure you go and vote for me because I'm going to sue. That's that's why you have to vote. He built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. I said the bottom line is that president. This is so crazy. Because there's nothing that actually, like, who's the victim? And the banks made money. Now, I get it. If the banks had not done the proper due diligence and Donald Trump defaulted on all the loans and therefore individuals lost money, then Letitia James could go forward and say, hey, hey, hey. But by the way, in that case, she'd probably be suing the banks. She'd say, banks, why didn't you do your due diligence? Why did you allow him to say that the valuation on this property was X when it should have been Y? But instead, the banks agreed with Donald Trump that the valuation was X. They didn't come out and say it was why, otherwise they wouldn't have given him the loan in the first place, right? And he also had disclosures in there basically saying, you know, there could be discrepancies, et cetera, et cetera. It is bonkers. It is wild. He knows it. We know it. And again, I'm not kidding. If they can do this to him, what can they do to you? Newsweek out with a new story saying that they are going after Trump supporters. The FBI is targeting. This is an exclusive for Newsweek. I'm going to get to that. But first, here, Trump. It's the best law firms. That's who represented them. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me because we have a corrupt district attorney, but we have a corrupt attorney general. And it all comes down from the DOJ. They're totally coordinated. This in Washington because I'm leading. I'm the leading candidate. I'm leading Biden by 10 points. And I'm leading the Republicans by 50 and 60 points. That's pretty much, they say, over. I never accept that, but they say it's over. This has to do with election interference, plain and simple. They're trying to damage me so that I don't do as well as I'm doing in the election. Our country's gone to hell. We have a country that's in decline, serious decline. We have a man running our country who has no clue, doesn't know what he's doing, and you know it better than anybody because you have to cover him. What they've done with open borders, what they've done with interest rates and taxes, it's a disgrace. So what we have here is an attempt to hurt me in an election. It's an attempt to hurt me in an election. This never happened before, where President of the United States leaves office and gets indicted. And the reason I got indicted was that I ran. If I didn't run, I'd be sitting right now at a beach like Biden does every time, even though he's supposed to be working. So very simply put, it's a witch hunt. It's a disgrace. We have a corrupt attorney general in the state. You see how she does? This trial was railroaded and fast-tracked. This trial could have been brought years ago, but they waited till I was right in the middle of my campaign. The same with other trials and indictments. It's all run by DOJ, which is corrupt in Washington. Everything goes through them. 
They're all corrupt people. Frankly, our country is corrupt. And that's one of the reasons I'm running. We're going to straighten it out. They have one property that's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times what this judge put down as a value. Put down a value, $18 million. And the property's probably worth, could be anywhere from 50 to 100 times more than that. And a lot of those numbers could even be low. We have other properties, the same thing. So he devalued everything. I didn't even put in. I, you know, look, so he's talking about Mar-a-Lago in that case, I believe. So the judge is, is trying to say it's worth something. I believe it was somewhere around $18 million. Look, I was just down there in Palm Beach last spring. And those homes, I drove right by Mar-a-Lago several times because it's right on the main drag there. Those homes are worth a lot of money. Just go on Zillow, take a look, right? They're worth a lot of money. So to suggest that that would be $18 million is kind of bonkers. And look, again, beauty in the eye of the beholder, right? I think my property is worth X. You think it's worth Y, whatever. Let's see what the bank thinks. Until it actually sells, you don't know. So this is why this is so crazy. This is so bogus. It has to go to an appellate court. By the way, he's making the point, too. Why is it being dealt with with this cast of clowns and Letitia James? It should have been a commercial situation. It is messed up. But like I said, if they can do that to him, what can they do to you? I mean, this is what we have to unfortunately worry about, right? I want to share with you a Newsweek exclusive article. Take a look right here. This just came out today. According to Newsweek, the federal government believes the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter, Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. So given that half the country voted for Donald Trump, half the country is now at risk, what is this, like 70-some-odd million people, of being tracked by the FBI? I mean, in the article, they admit that this is going to be a little bit challenging, just just a tad, guys. You know, the challenge for the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they write, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are all of Trump supporters. Wow. I mean, like, This is getting really, really, really weird, right? Like to think that somehow, and I guess this would be courtesy of the Patriarch, you know, under Bush, that I remember liberals were actually worried about at the time, kind of rightly so, right? And uh, it was written, in fact, by the guy who was the lawyer, Vanit Tadine, I never say his name right, at Fox News. He's the lawyer that somehow managed to get them to settle for $787 billion with Dominion. Smartmatic's still outstanding. He got a great package, though. He was sent off, you know, golden parachute, multi-multi-millions of dollars. Anyway, they wrote this Patriot Act, and I guess somehow this enables, like, the FBI to, like, track anybody that might be considered a Trump supporter. So you're going to go after, like, half the country? What? Like, what is going on? What is going on? Donald Trump making the point on social media that... You have real problems in the city of New York. You got major crime problems, but yet, no, somehow they're they're tying up all the resources going after him. And now the FBI apparently is going to be tying up resources going after anybody that might have voted for him. I mean, this is getting 
just weird. I mean, I, I encourage you to, to read the Newsweek article and see this yourself. Um, they, you know, reference January 6th, of course. January 6th, it, it, we've seen a lot of video. I want to remind you that the video that you saw was all Nancy Pelosi's video, shot by Alexandra Pelosi, her daughter, who is a documentary filmmaker who then sold it to CNN so that CNN could put its little exclusive bug at the top left-hand corner and say it was a CNN exclusive when it wasn't. There were actually no journalists in there. It was just Nancy's daughter. And then they ran that video over and over and over again in a loop. And I would just say, like, come on, again, like, let's have some pretense of being objective. Can we not have news organizations in there? I mean, even if they are biased, at least it would have helped to have had a news organization rather than the daughter of the Speaker of the House. Speaking of the Speaker of the House, Donald Trump's talking about going down to D.C. next week. What do you think of that? It's all happening as as the interim speaker actually kicked Nancy out of her office. Did you see this, guys? (laughs) This is pretty good. Nancy, Queen Nancy, losing her plum office dig. So apparently, Queen Nancy had two offices. She had one in the Capitol building and then one across the street like everybody else. And then when she was no longer Speaker of the House, she was supposed to lose that big, posh office. But she didn't. And Kevin McCarthy never made her give it up, nor did he make Steny Hoyer give his up, which is a little strange. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's prime real estate, prime real estate. Now, there's all kinds of different allegations. She's furious. She's so upset. She's like, look, I had to go to Feinstein's funeral. How dare they evict me like this? It's not right. Now her team is accusing McCarthy of being the one to have done that, saying it wasn't actually the interim new Speaker of the House. We don't know, but all I would say is this is good news. Whoever did it, congrats, because we need to turn over a new leaf. We need to show that we're not willing to waste anymore. Like the waste is so extraordinarily excessive. So Donald Trump's going to go down there. There's talk of, well, could he be Speaker of the House? Curious to see what you guys think about that one. There's also talk of Jim Jordan. My vote is kind of, you know, I'm a little more biased towards Jordan only because (laughs) I'm simple. I'm very, very simple. I'll tell you this. The guy has a degree in economics. A rare thing for a congressman. Most of them are sort of politicians, lawyers by background, And lawyers tend to think, am I winning or am I losing? And I think people who have a better sense of business or the economy are better at, one, with numbers, like they can add, subtract, divide, multiply, hopefully. And they they understand that you have to work towards something. And I think we need leadership there. I mean, I I don't think it's perfect, but maybe under the circumstances, it's the best outcome. But Steve Bannon has another idea. For some of you who watch the show, you've seen this. But I'm going to play it again because I think it's quite clever. And he has full faith that Donald Trump could go down there for 100 days and fix everything. Trump is going to give a speech. Whether or not he really wants that job, I suspect probably not because, you know what, he's got bigger aspirations. He wants to be the president of the United States again. So here's Steve Bannon on the idea. You want to compromise in a coalition and to get the people paid and get on with the business and set up the committees? How about this? A hundred days to save America. And in that hundred days, Donald J. Trump will be voted tonight or tomorrow to be Speaker of the House. And the Republicans say we're going to do it for a hundred days. And in the hundred days, you get everything set up, all the investigations set up, and Trump begins 
the negotiations now. Not when they run out of money. They said, oh, the crisis is going to hit us in the summer or fall. Well, that's where they're out of cash, and I can put the gun to your head. We're out of cash. The full faith and credit got to do it. No, let's start it now. We know what this is about. You're not going to hide anymore, and you're not going to lie anymore, and you're not going to spin anymore. And if you want somebody in the room that understands how to do these types of negotiations, his entire professional career is doing that, is Donald J. Trump. 100 days. Let's get him in the room, and let's do the debt ceiling. Let's do all the Let's do the spending. Let's talk about the madness, and let's talk about the Federal Reserve. <sighs> Who knows more about money or interest rates than Donald Trump? Remember, Ralph Norman's come to this as a real estate developer because it's so interest rate sensitive. What he said yesterday, right now we're on the verge of spending a trillion dollars on interest a year, one trillion dollars a year, bigger than defense budget. You want to talk about a national security problem? You want to talk running around? We got national security. We got to get Kevin McCarthy right now because this is a national security problem. We got all those guys, the military veterans. I honor their service, honor their service. The national security issue, national security. Here's the national security issue. He's spending a trillion dollars a year more than the defense budget, which is out of control, on interest. That's a national security problem. And I've got a solution. And tell me anybody's got a better solution for right now, for this afternoon. Give it, hey, how about this, 100 days of Donald Trump. Let's get him in the room. You don't think their heads will blow up? You don't think that uh, the Senate, oh, you can't do that. You got Trump. What are you talking about? You, you want to put it in their ear, you want to get up in their grill, give me Trump for 100 days. You give me Trump for 100 days, and you'll start the process of sorting out this mess. And the fact that they hate it so much is the better reason we ought to do it. So I got a solution. I got a compromise. Put it all to bed this afternoon. Trump for 100 days. <laughs> Listen, I will give him this. So, by the way, I don't think Donald Trump's going to quite want to take this on because it could be politically shall we say not so endearing right it could be politically explosive to take this on but somebody's going to take it on ladies and gentlemen somebody's going to figure this one out let's go out here to our debt clock can we do that yes all right this is the u.s debt clock and let's just say we, we got a lot of it we've got uh total liabilities if you look down here at the bottom right hand side of nearly 200 trillion dollars We've got uh, a national debt load level of $33 trillion. I mean, this is not, not sustainable. You wonder why. You wonder why all of a sudden people are talking about the fall of Rome. The fall of Rome. I know why they're talking about the fall of Rome because you know what? <laughs> this is how Rome fell. They, they went out of business. They couldn't afford themselves anymore. Too many people living off the dole. Too many military expenditures all around the world. Not to mention a hedonistic lifestyle and lack of social values that really drove them down as well. I mean, we can't continue like this. And I'm looking for the Tea Party, right? Remember when the Tea Party was talking about this is not right, it's not sustainable, it's not the right and you're going to have more and more problems if you don't get this under control. I mean, look, we enjoy a lot of privilege here in the United States of America because we are the hegemonic power of the world. And part of being the hegemonic power of the world is being the financial responsible player in the world. Which means we can't do this. We, we don't want to be Greece. We don't want to be Venezuela. Where the Bolivar is worth less than the toilet paper. Okay? Like we can't. Keep printing money. I know that these Democrats and these modern monetary theorists 
And these globalists think, you know, you can just keep printing, printing. What does it matter? Let's use a little common sense here. If you have a whole lot of something, a lot of abundance of something, what does it do? It drives down the value. So when the Federal Reserve kept printing and printing and printing and Biden kept spending and spending and spending to the tune of trillions of dollars, think about his Inflationary Reduction Act. My goodness. I mean, the CHIP Act, look, I kind of like that one because I just want to bring all those chips back on shore, get them out of Taiwan, right? But even that, like, you've got to manage this stuff. And when you have such a bloated government and you're spending so much money, you are driving yourself into a hole from which you're not going to be able to ever climb out of. I mean, Newt Gingrich did it. But Newt has admitted even today how hard it would be because of the political dysfunction. So we need somebody really good. We need somebody that understands math. And the Republicans need to take the leadership on this one because the Democrats just aren't going to do it. I mean, it's not in their DNA. They believe if you just keep handing out money and handing out money, that somehow people will keep voting for you. They buy votes. I mean, what do you think Gavin Newsom saying? I'm going to give $5 million to every black American that can prove that they were related to slaves. I'm going to give them $5 million bucks. I'm going to relieve all debt, and I'm going to give them health care for life. I mean, that's buying votes. That's what that's all about. And so we need responsible people in there. Would Donald Trump take the gig? Doubt it, doubt it, doubt it. And, you know, he has, he has bigger aspirations. And he should because, you know, the truth is he's all, he's all the Republicans got right now. I realize Nikki Haley's been climbing in the polls. Good for her. But right now it's still him leading by nearly 60%. So he's going to be the Republican nominee. So if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, I mean, you tell me which policies worked better for you. If we just want to be policy centric here, the policies of low taxation bring more jobs from overseas back here home so that we don't have any more tax inversion deals or shotgun marriages, as I like to call them, where you have one company buying another overseas so they can get a better tax deal. That's what we need. We don't need Janet Yellen. And Joe Biden talking about a flat tax rate all around the world. What? So like Ireland's not allowed to compete? Why can't we compete with Ireland? Like why can't we actually be a source of decent taxation? Companies want to be here. Anyway, Joe Biden can't figure out any of this because, you know, basically he can't even stay awake. I've got some video I want to show you. But before we get to that, remember how the Republicans... We're really pushing the wall. Donald Trump, you know, that was his whole thing. He wanted the wall. That was a big, big part of his campaign. And, well, you know, Joe Biden got into office and spent money to take down Donald Trump's wall. And don't forget, during the campaign, this is what they all had to say about the wall. This comes to us courtesy of my friend Buck Sexton is his uh, co-host, Clay Travis. Watch this. We will not build a wall. Walls don't work. A racist and xenophobic wall. We spent years investing in a faulty border wall that was never going to uh, be an effective mechanism. There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. It would waste taxpayer dollars on an ineffective wall. Again, an ineffective wall that can't even withstand heavy winds. We know that walls don't work, that they don't stop drugs, that they don't stop migration. A wall is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation. Uh, we do not agree with the okay, building of the, the wall. the only thing is, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they're building a wall. News today that Joe Biden's administration is reconstructing a wall on our border. How did this happen? 
right? Did somebody have an epiphany and suddenly realize, oh, gee, you know, the hospitals, which are really crowded in New York City because 25% of all the patients there are actually illegal immigrants. That might be a bit of an issue, might be costing us a lot of money we didn't really anticipate. And, you know, everybody's leaving New York because nobody actually wants to be there anymore. And tax rates are better in Florida. So, hey, they're like sayonara. Or Chicago, where, you know, they're getting six months hotel and meals for the migrants that are coming in. And Chicago residents are like, what the heck? And, you know, what about us? What about us? I mean, they're finally realizing what people in Texas have had to deal with all along. So is this just sort of an underhanded way of maybe trying to fix the problem? Joe Biden doesn't want you to think that. Here he is earlier today being asked about this wall. One question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. <laughs> oh, you're real effective then. I guess all your promises about, oh, we're not going to build a wall. Never, never, never under my watch. We're not going to build a wall, right? He really doesn't like this, nor do members of his staff. So, so the Border Patrol is like, we need it. Because they're realists, right? They're trying to deal with this. And you've got escalating numbers that continue to grow every single solitary month. And yet, Karine Jean-Pierre, she doesn't want it, even though the Border Patrol wants it. And she says the president doesn't want it. Here you go. Watch this. Uh, president Sumney to meet Customs and Border Protection said in a Senate uh, confirmation hearing yesterday that uh, he supported the continued use of Title 42. He also indicated it was his view that, that certain sections of the border wall should be finished. Does the president agree? Well, as, as you know, we have said that um, I, I have to look at the, the uh, comments. I have not seen them, so I want to make sure I, I read it within context. Uh, but we have talked about the border wall here in, in general as, as a way uh, that uh, it's been used in, in a, to, to, you know, to, to close the border. And we feel that it is a policy that doesn't work. And it's not just us. Uh, you know, experts have said that. Uh, the border wall is not, uh, is not an effective policy. As far as those comments, I can't comment on that. I actually, I have not seen it. Not an effective policy in her view, but we're doing it anyway. I love that. Like, (laughs) I I think that this has something to do with they don't want to admit they're wrong. They know they need it. And they don't want to admit, not for two seconds, that they're wrong. You know, or maybe Biden just doesn't know because, you know, he doesn't seem to know much. Have you ever seen a president? I mean, I can't think of a president that has seemed so frail, so out of it as this one. I mean, it's really kind of alarming and disappointing to see. You know, I don't like showing that video of when he falls and he's fallen a lot. Air Force Academy, for example. You know, he fell uh, in Japan. I mean, it happens a lot. He does other things like referring to black men as boy. I mean, these these are weird things. And you could say, oh, well, he's just always been that way. I don't think so. I don't think he's always lacked coordination. I think that he's tried to pride himself on being a champion of equality. So therefore, why would you call people boy? But it could be that this is just the reality of him being a very old man. And as an old man, he's kind of struggling in in ways that we wouldn't have thought and, and shouldn't have to see. I mean, it it certainly seemed today as though he was falling asleep on the job. And uh, also, uh, 
our continued uh, advancement of stability in the uh, Indo-Pacific uh, uh, in that whole area. What was that? Seriously, what was that? He looks like he is falling asleep on the job. I don't think he's well. Look, I'm not a doctor. I, I have seen people with dementia before and had relatives with it, and I, I know what that's like. Falling, unfortunately, is one of the first symptoms. The falling asleep, I mean, how do you fall asleep? In a meeting with all the cameras around you and the reporters asking the questions, and this is how you respond. And uh, also, uh, our continued uh, enhancement of stability in the uh, Indo-Pacific uh, 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 area. That's not good. Don't try and tell me it is. They're going to have to find a new candidate. They cannot run him. I mean, maybe they can. And then that's just, you know, with all the more power to Trump because he'll beat him very, very easily. But if I'm a Democrat strategist right now, I'm looking at that going, we got to get serious about something else, guys. This is not a man in his prime. I want to shift gears right now. Let's talk about Fox because Fox keeps getting burned live on the air. Boy, am I glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> like, seriously, for a variety of reasons we can discuss. But anyway, I want you to see this because, uh, well, before you see this, you get to see what's happened first. Remember, just the other day, Donald Trump was talking about Fox while they were airing his live stream. And what did they have to do? They had to clip it right in the middle. Let me jog your memory. Check out the anchor. She's like, oh. We're the only ones going up. They're going down. They're going down, down, down. They ought to stop wasting their time. You know, they're wasting a lot of time with these ridiculous debates that nobody's watching. Their last debate was the lowest rated debate in history. That's Remember, a good compliment, is isn't Fox it? News is and what was I doing, Marjorie? I was someplace else, wasn't I, huh? I was doing another interview. We had 271 million people listening to the Tucker Carlson interview. That's an all time record. So here we are, uh, back in the thick of campaign season. We are now just four months away from the Iowa primaries. And you see former President Trump in a place where you would expect to see him today and in the days to come, South Carolina. Yeah, it's like it never happened, right? She's just like, okay, we're going to completely ignore that one. It took her producers a little time to get him off the air. I mean, it actually should have happened sooner. Not sure why they didn't just cut right to her. But, you know, he's basically slamming them live on her air. So kind of funny to watch because, you know, it just keeps happening. It keeps happening. Like it, it just happened again the other night. They were unfortunately dealing with that very sad situation there in Maryland and uh, a very serious story. And somebody called in and they were calling in as though they were a witness to, to what had been happening there in uh, on that campus in Baltimore. And well, you'll hear the rest. Watch the phone with us now. Tyrone, when you say poker game, what exactly happened? What transpired? Well, first we were watching, we all get together every Tuesday night, and we watch Tucker Carlson's show on X. We used to watch him on Fox News. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's not there no more. Mm -hmm. And still being the most credible guy in the media in America, we always get together oh, to watch again. Tucker Carlson. And I think he's doing probably better now that he's not with Fox News because the corporate media always controls what yeah. the teleprompter readers okay. are able to say. 
And now he doesn't Thank have you, that hand. Thank you, Tyron. Can we back. maybe we can work to get Don back on the phone, Tracy? We can get that. Clearly, that was not a student at Morgan State University. Um, oh, if okay. we're trying to work to get Don, who fun, apparently, I guess, um, I don't know. Are they not screening the calls at Fox anymore? Have they laid off so many people because of the seven hundred and eighty-seven? Million dollar fine they had to pay for Dominion and the likely higher insurance bills that came as a result of that. Are they, are they just not able to employ people to screen the calls? Anyway, this, this is like the third time it's happened. Uh, I want to show you sort of the first one. This was with Brett Pear. I'm kind of surprised they even aired this because I, I suspect this was a taped interview with Donald Trump and Brett. And Donald Trump let him have it on the ratings front. Watch. Of the best polls I've ever had. People see this stuff for what it is. It's a political witch hunt. It's a continuation. More independent voters watch Fox News than any other TV source. A lot less than used to watch it. They do watch. Those voters usually, they usually make up. <laughs> All right. Um, so, look, I, I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but I would say any which way you slice it, the problem with Fox News right now is that viewers don't trust it in the same way as they did before. And a lot of that is because of everything that's happened. I would say the management there doesn't quite know how to run the place. And they've put themselves in a very, very bad situation, obviously, with these lawsuits and also losing so many key talent, uh, whether it be Tucker, whether it be Lou, whether it be Dan Bongino, whether it be myself. There is a, a lack of willingness, really, to stand by the talent and, and to manage talent, right? And so I'm not sure what happens to this company going forward. I wish them well. Of course, I have a lot of friends that are still there. But I think this is a very challenging position for them to find themselves in. And they've got competitors. They've got Newsmax. And they've got all of us right here, right? Whether it's, you know, the guy who's watching Tucker over on X, whether it's you guys right here with me, whether it's Bongino and his podcast. I mean, there's just so many different places that you can get your news sources now. And if Fox doesn't keep up with that momentum, if they stay as a cable network, then what is the future really? Especially if you get a family that doesn't really like the business and doesn't really like Trump and doesn't really like the audience, right? So there was a piece in, I believe it was the Hollywood Reporter just the other day, where they said, are there any big moves here left for Lachlan Murdoch? So Lachlan is the son of Rupert. He's the eldest son. He's going to be taking over the company in, well, just a couple weeks. That was announced recently. And people are questioning whether or not he's going to hold on to it. I mean, why not sell it, right? Maybe you sell it. Or, or if he's smart, and I just don't know how smart he is, if he's smart, he takes the money that Fox prints and he uses that to invest in new ventures and new opportunities because I don't think that the Fox model is going to be able to last very long. I also don't think anybody's really going to buy it. I mean, you'd only buy it if you wanted to kind of take it out of business, right? I mean, who would actually? It's, it's probably worth a lot of money. So the people that would want to buy it, they couldn't afford it. And then those that could afford it, well, they don't want it. So it's kind of like they're in a bit of a pickle. Turning back to the Biden administration, which seems to have a lying problem. I'm just going to get that out there. I mean, they tried to tell us Bidenomics was working. Let me be very clear, ladies and gentlemen, it's not working. Not when you got 4.8% yield on the 10-year. Not when you've got $33 trillion in your, in your debt load. Not when you've got outstanding liabilities of $200 trillion. Like, Bidenomics is not working. No way, no how. Every time he tells you that, it's frankly, I'm just going to go out there and say it. That's a lie. A total lie. 
He has done nothing to help our economy. We've got mass inflation, higher oil prices. We're not in good shape. So he lies on that. And then the other thing I was struck by most recently is how he lied on Ukraine and his administration lied on Ukraine. But I'm mostly struck, too, on this news story today that I have to tell you about because he's lying about his dogs. He's caught lying about the pups. What kind of person does that? By the way, what kind of person has a dog that's totally out of control and keeps him around for so long and then keeps lying about it? Anyway, I'm going to play that in just a second. But before I do, you know, all this Ukraine spending and everybody's kind of upset about it. It's part of the reason why we just lost the Speaker of the House because people are like $24 billion for Ukraine. Come on. It's a lot of money. We're talking $135 billion for the year. You saw the numbers I just showed you on our debt. Like we can't afford this money and we definitely can't afford it if Ukraine is squandering it. And what we have learned is that we've had to have a say in this. We've effectively fired the last two deputies of defense. Ministers of defense. Their their deputies are gone too because they were apparently all stealing money. Like one of the guys like was sending it to Dubai where he now lives. So if... This is just the way of doing business there, and and they're taking something for themselves, then we really got a problem, right? And yet this administration lies about this. I mean, it's been printed. I've showed you the articles. There's too much graft going on, and everybody knows it. And yet John Kirby, spokesperson for the Pentagon, got up there and said this. And then on your first question, still no indication that there's been any kind of widespread corruption or or inappropriate use of U.S. capabilities. As a matter of fact, I don't know who that asked me before about expenditure rates, but, I mean, oftentimes the stuff that's getting to Ukraine, it's going hand to mouth. I mean, you know, a matter of days before some stuff gets there, and then a matter of days more before it's being used on the battlefield. Not not every system, of course, but the Ukrainians are in a very active fight. They're using the stuff that's being provided to them. Yeah, really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that there's all this graft and the ministers of defense are taking a little something for themselves and the, the deputies are also taking something for, I mean, come on guys, like stop, stop, stop lying to us. I mean, you lied to us by the way about the whole Hunter Biden laptop lied through your teeth. And so Americans are tired of it, but you know, as much as this administration lies, we didn't really think that they would lie to us about, the dogs at the White House, right? Like, who would actually do something like that? I mean, I know we want to protect our dogs. I get it. I have a beautiful little puppy myself. I still call him a puppy. He's he's kind of, he's not a puppy. I was going to say he's kind of large. He's older now. He's definitely not large. He's just a little teeny tiny Maltese. But anyway, Joe Biden is actually just uh, caught in, well, kind of a bit of a situation. And CNN is doing like wall-to-wall coverage of this like they are just all over this uh this is commander i believe that's the name of the dog commander which is a german shepherd is in all kinds of trouble you see um and he's no longer going to get to live at the white house because of all of these problems i want to share you the c with you the cnn report right now He's been a bad commander, not the commander in chief, Joe Biden, but his two-year-old German shepherd who is named commander. 
He's now been removed from the White House. The first dog appears to be involved in more biting incidents than just the 11 that had been reported. According to White House staff, the number is much higher. And CNN's Betsy Klein joins us now. Uh, Betsy, thanks for being here. Uh, this is a sad story, it's, but obviously this is dangerous. What is the bite count? So we know that there were 10 documented incidents back in July. And yesterday, we or last week, we learned in the course of my reporting that there had been 11 biting incidents with Secret Service personnel. And as I was talking to White House sources, it became clear this week that that number is actually much higher. It includes members of the executive residence staff, other White House personnel. And 11 bites is a lot, but more than that. And I think there is a recognition inside the White House that this is a problem and that something needs to be done here. I've talked to sources who have said they're very worried about workplace safety. We know that the White House... Who wants to work with Joe Biden if he's got some giant German shepherd that's going to bite you? And then, like, he doesn't tell you how many times these bites have really happened. Like, everybody's trying to get to the bottom of that one. Like, how many times did Commander bite people? And the Secret Service are like, ooh, report today that they're, like, moving positions based on whether or not Commander's going to be there because nobody wants to be around Commander. Well, how are you supposed to protect the president if you're scared of his dog? (laughs) And by the way, maybe Biden ought to be a little scared of his dog. And, by the way, can I just say, why doesn't he raise a better dog? Just like, why didn't he raise a better son? Why did Hunter Biden agree to take millions of dollars from a country that his father had influence over? Especially when the president at the time, Barack Obama, said no family members can have any of these gigs lobbying for other countries. Or lobbying, period. And yet Joe still did it. That kind of calls into question, shall we say, Joe Biden as a parent. I'm just going to say that. I mean, because, you know, we're talking about the dog and the dog that bites, and then he's got the son that clearly has all kinds of issues, pleading not guilty, by the way, to the gun charges, even though he was going to plead guilty to the tax charges. And what was the other one? Oh, um, foreign lobbying. Where's that stuff, by the way, guys? I mean, the foreign lobbying, that, re- that bugs me because he never registered as a foreign lobbyist and then collected millions of dollars and never paid all his taxes. And now he's angry. He's turning around and suing the IRS because he's like, how dare you share that information? I'm a private person. Really? You're that private? You're benefiting from your father's position as vice president of the United States, you're touting your influence with him. You're selling your influence with him. You have a partner that has admitted so much Devin Archer saying, yeah, they were selling the Biden brand and these countries and these companies that wanted the quote unquote protection came in and paid millions of dollars for that. The question now becomes how much did Joe Biden know? How much was in it for him? I mean, I just say you got to explore that. That's some there there, right? That cannot go ignored. At least Jim Jordan, along with James Comer, is all over that one. I mean, we would never have known about the 170 suspicious activity reports that were given to Treasury had it not been for Comer going and demanding this information. We need to have all the information. We need to see the bank records. And we need to know about all of those various aliases that Joe Biden went by when he was vice president Because we know, at least on some of the official documentation, he was CCing his son. Like, they'd show his son his schedule. Now, why would his son 
get a copy of his schedule. How many times did this happen? They're going back to the archives trying to get this information, and I'm telling you, we need it. We need it. We needed America because we need to understand to what extent any of this funny business was really going on. I think a lot of it was going on, and it's really, really, really troubling because while Joe Biden wants you to pay more in taxes, Hunter doesn't have to. While Joe Biden wants to hire 80,000 more IRS agents to go after you, how dare they go after Hunter? Hunter's just going to sue them in retaliation. Unbelievable. You want to talk about entitlement. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Like when a government goes wild like this, I think you really need to stand up and pay attention. It's one of the reasons why I do encourage people to take care of themselves, to think about being independent players, to, to make sure that you get your own sort of life set up and that you're ready because you just never know. I mean, the article I just showed you from Newsweek, this is scary stuff. Reason to plug our sponsor again, Legacy Precious Metals, one 560 If you're interested in investing in gold, I encourage you to give them a call. You can actually invest right there on the website as well. As well. LegacyPMInvestments.com, that is their website. Charles Thorngren, often a... a a viewer and uh, often a, I'm just checking to see if he's, uh, if he's writing in. Sometimes he writes in on the chat, so check for that. I'll give you guys the link as well here just so you see it. H-H-T-T-P-S, da-da-da-da-da, uh, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, hey, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, thank you. It's great that you're there. I'd love for you to come over to YouTube or to Facebook where we are live every single day. I encourage you to do that as well because it's really good for us to be able to communicate all with each other. And then the other thing I really want to make sure of, of course, is that you guys are subscribing because it's, it's kind of a crazy time and we want to make sure that we are all sort of in connection in any way possible with each other, however we can be. So just going out to uh, the, Leslie saying a great company. Leslie, uh, we love seeing you. Leslie's been such a a wonderful supporter of the show. And we met over on Locals, where I also am, trishregan.locals.com. And she, uh, I, I believe she's she's had a good experience with them. So that's that's very, very nice to hear. Michael, good to have you here. Um, Jeff, good to see you as well. <laughs> Jeff pointing out that the only thing that Joe loves is his Corvette. Yeah, I mean, he kind of is way too into that. Why did he have to tell us over and over and over again about that Corvette? that he had all those secret papers locked in his garage next to his Corvette. Somehow, I guess he wanted us to think that the papers were important enough to him that they were locked in a garage with the Corvette. But also, I just came away thinking, like, how does he have a Corvette? How does he have all this money? He's been a public employee, like, for 50 years. Like, where does he get the money? Okay, he wrote a little book. By the way, when he wrote his little book, he classified himself as a, a, was it an S corp in order to save himself some $50,000 in taxes. He's trying to save money in taxes for goodness sakes. He doesn't want to give it to uncle Sam either. And clearly his son doesn't anyway. It, it's really kind of, yes, Antoinette, I am live. I am live right here. It's good to see you guys. I, I wonder Willie too, where he got that Corvette. I indeed wonder. Anyway, like I said, it's just great to see all of you. And, and make sure if you haven't subscribed, make sure that you, you share, you like the videos as much as you can. It is wonderful 
to have you here. And we will resume the conversation tomorrow. But I'm telling you, be on the lookout. These are crazy times. And uh, none of it's really good. None of it at all. I'm highly disappointed in this country and in our government. And something has to change. See you tomorrow.